This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And I am joined in studio today by my lovely guest host, the talented and the amazing Patty Crowley. How are you, Patty? I'm doing well. How are you? Now, last time you were here, we plumbed the depths of your dating life. Do you remember that? I do remember. That was torture, that. wasn't it? It was torture. We talked about how every date ended in restraining orders, <laughs> handcuffs, and I don't mean the furry kind this time, kids. Not the furry kind. But now she has a new boyfriend, Ken. He's spectacular. He is. He has his own radio show, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's in the in the business. So, uh, now we always start with the headlines of the day, right? We do. And I don't know if you heard about this, but in Saudi Arabia, there is actually a woman, for the first time, a woman TV anchor personality. Did you hear about that? The question yeah. is, who drives her to work? That's what I – nah, see, that wasn't nice. That's how we do it here. We're not nice. Comedy is about cruelty, Patty. Now, Patty, there's a knob on your left, on your left, that turns up your volume to your headphones. There we go. There we go. See? <laughs> She's better. going, I can't, in sign language, she's doing American sign language. I can't hear. I'm <laughs> deaf, which is what American sign language is all about, oddly. But uh, so here's the deal. Today, today's topic is going to be pricing your listing correctly and uh, – Overpricing the listing, Patty now is a world-renowned, totally famous real estate agent and my partner at Fearless Agent. But uh, very few things could hurt the seller more than overpricing the listing. So, uh, you know, the two points of view on pricing, uh, one of which is correct when you're doing a CMA. We're trying to – we're going to be talking a little bit about doing a CMA the Fearless Agent way. For those of you who are brand new in real estate, CMA, of course, stands for Country Music Awards for the rest of you. So one point of view is how can I justify the seller's price opinion? So all fearless agents are trained to ask the million-dollar question when they're booking the appointment with the seller. Do you know the million-dollar question, Patty? Not verbatim. I should know. Yes. She has another job in our business that doesn't involve memorizing lots of stupid yes. stuff like I do. So after yeah, you've the booked the appointment, you know, you're, you're supposed to say, okay, well, before I get off the phone, I got to do my homework. So I've got some questions to ask you. How many bedrooms does your house have? And then you're asking them a bunch of questions. And then you get to I, I recommend that you have two columns of questions that you're going to ask them about your house. At the bottom of column one, you'd say, uh, if you were going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house? And then you know they say, well, uh, I don't know. And then you say, well, if you did know, what would the answer be? And they go, well, you know, the guy across the street, he sold his house for – Blah, blah, blah. And I say, okay, well, if you were going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house? And they say, well, you know, the guy behind me, he's got his house for sale right now for blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, well, 
If you were going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house? And then sometimes they say, well, gee, Bob, you know, you're the realtor. Isn't it your job to tell me that? And I say, look, this is a mental health quiz. I want to find out if you're nuts before I show up. So what's the answer? So anyway, I get the answer, okay? So they tell me. So then is that answer generally higher than fair market value or is it generally lower than fair market value? Generally higher. It's a little higher, yeah. So And then when I have a call with a coaching student and they give me their opinion of fair market value, do you think that's generally a little higher than fair market value or a little lower than fair market value? Lower. No, nah, it's a little higher typically. A little higher. Yeah, they, yeah, because they have the seller's well, voice true. in their head. True. So the definition of fair market value, just so you all know, is your listing is active in the MLS and you're getting one showing a day, okay, after the initial spurt is over. So if you have a property that's listed in the MLS, it's on lockbox, people can see it whenever they want, there's no angry tenant or, you know, Doberman that's scaring people away, then uh, if you're getting only three showings a week, you don't have to wonder, are we overpriced? Yes, you're overpriced. A little bit, not a lot. Uh, if you were getting three showings a day, you'd say, "Yeah, I'm a little underpriced." Okay, but if you're getting so in between three showings a week and three showings a day is one showing a day. That actually is the objective definition of fair market value. So, the question is, how do we guess at fair market value before? And you do that by by doing a current market analysis. So the other point of view that you could take is why – this is the correct one, by the way – why would any buyer want to pay more than X for my listing? See, the buyer's point of view – so we have to – when we're selling a product, we have to appeal to the buyers. The comps, sold comps don't matter really because uh, it gets you in the ballpark. Sold comps would tell you, yes, it's 500000 not 200000 but uh, – the actives that that you're competing with is what you have to worry about. So why would I, as a buyer, ever dream of paying more than X for this property is kind of the point of view. Not how can I justify the seller's price opinion because that's how we end up with overpriced listings. So there's a couple of of things that are important uh, when you're doing a market analysis. First of all, I was sitting in a – what kind of class was that? I think it was the board orientation, well-named, the board orientation. So when you join the board of realtors and I was – I think I was there too. I think every so often you have to renew that. But I'm sitting next to an appraiser in the class and then this – title company person is up, you know, she's a teeny bopper that works for a title company. She's up at the top talking about the new RPR thing and how great this is. And and she says, yeah, so these houses are selling for X dollars per square foot, like $260 a square foot. And I said, I leaned over to the appraiser. I said, do you want to shoot yourself right now? He goes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I said, in that type of property, in that situation, what do you think the difference between two houses, the price per square foot would be? He says, about 35 bucks. Not 260 like she was saying. It'd be about 35 bucks because that takes in the takes into account the land. So price per square foot 
is how people end up with grossly overpriced listings when they're doing a CMA. Uh, it, it's what makes uh, appraisers laugh at realtors and think we're stupid. They do that? They really do. Now, we <laughs> badmouth them, so it's fair, you know, the deal killers, but, but, uh, but that's what screws, them, screws us up. So when you think about it, if you send a bunch of guys out to build a house, you've already paid for the land. And when they're out there building the house, you know, you've got to pour the foundation, you've got to put the roof on, you've got to put the walls up. If you were going to add 100 square foot now that the guys are already out there, it would be practically free. It doesn't really cost you anything. And the other part of it is when the house is new, so let's say we have a house that was built in 1960. In 1960, the house was brand new. That was the most it was ever worth on that day and every day since that house has been going down and down and down in value. You've been stinking it up, wearing it out, slamming everything, and uh, only the land ever goes up. So a house in Cleveland, Ohio, that sells for $200,000, that's 1960, it's three bedrooms, two baths, it's 1,500 square feet, and the same exact house in LA would be worth exactly the same. The price of the house in LA is 1.5 million. The one in Cleveland is 200,000, but both houses have the exact same value and the price per square foot of the difference between a comp and it would be the same in LA as Cleveland and it would be about $35 a square foot for the differences um, and if it's original square footage. Now, if it's second-story square footage, two stories are worth much less per square foot. Add-on square footage is worth much less. So that's kind of a way that people get goofed up. So in case you can't tell, price per square foot mm -hmm. is over. It's over. Fearless agents don't do that. So they do it the way the, that the appraiser does it. So if you do a CMA um, – and I've never shown a CMA to a seller. I recommend that you never do. One of the reasons you don't is because um, I would say, like, Patty, would you be interested in the seller's analysis of your comps? Yeah. You absolutely. would? No, she's lying. She's not even interested in her. <laughs> not no, at all. She would not be interested not in the seller's analysis of her comps. By the same token, the appraiser would not be interested in Patty's analysis of his comps either. Doesn't so care. that goes both ways. He doesn't care. So if you don't want the seller analyzing your comps, don't show them a CMA. So no, no fearless agents ever show the CMA. What do you say when they ask you? For well, they trust. They never ask. They never ask to see it because they trust you. So when you're a fearless agent, you sit on a throne made of the skulls of your enemies. <laughs> you don't have to put up with the kind of baloney that other people do. But we're not doing a CMA because uh, people that do CMAs don't have a listing presentation. So we have an actual listing presentation that happens to be the world's best one and the seller trusts you 100%. So at the end of the listing presentation, they say, yeah, of course, we're going to do business with you. Um, what do you think we should do on the price? Then you give the pricing presentation. And then at the end of that, every seller is begging you to underprice their house on day one. Because they trust you, and uh, that's the purpose of the pricing presentation to sell them on doing that. So, but you do a market analysis for you. So, you have little categories like 
first of all, you have the subject property. So the big things that make a difference in the value typically would be the bedrooms, the bathrooms, the square footage. Uh, if you have a basement, now we, in, in Arizona, you would have to have uh, dynamite and uh, you know, an atom bomb to build a basement, so we don't have those. Uh, in Florida, you don't have basements because it would be full of water and alligators probably. But in some parts of the country, where you're from, you're from Chica- Chicago. 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 Chicago, where they use dual action hand sanitizer. <laughs> so the, uh, they have basements, fireplace, parking, the cooling, uh, the fencing, the kitchen features, the roof type. Uh, if you have a pool where we do in Arizona, and then the condition, uh, and I don't think I've left anything out. So those were probably the big ones, okay? So when I would do a CMA, I had a little form I used, and, and I would take the subject property and I would list all those. So it would say three bedrooms, two baths, 1,500 square feet, no basement, yes, one fireplace, uh, two-car carport, two-car garage, cooling, AC, EVAP, or both. And then fencing, it would be either wood or block or chain link, you know, pit bull included, of course. And then uh, kitchen features would be range oven, dishwasher, uh, island, uh, microwave, pantry, Ferris wheel, whatever you got. <laughs> and then roof roof would be asphalt shingles. We have wood roofs in Arizona. And then they'd have uh, clay tile roofs in Arizona. They have metal roofs some parts of the country, slate, you know, so whatever that is. And then the condition, I would just give it plus marks for each each thing. So if you're reading the remarks in the MLS and it says uh, remodeled kitchen, I would put a plus mark. If it said updated bath, put a plus mark. New flooring, plus mark. Paint, exterior paint. And each one of those pluses, I'd just give them $1,000. So then I would put the sales below that and then I would fill out. So I'm looking for equal to or worse than houses that have sold for more than X. Okay, so so the 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 sold comps have to be equal to mine or worse than. And I want the highest priced of those that have sold within a probably a one-mile radius, maybe two-mile radius that are very similar, not on the opposite side of a big, busy street. So it's kind of the same feeling. Now, on the, on the active comps we're going to talk about, but then I would, I would find that property that's the most like mine, and I'd fill in just the differences so I could see the differences. And then I would make a dollar adjustment for each of those differences. But on the, on the active comps, I'd be looking in a much larger area. So what people don't realize is your listing is the center of the known universe for you, Patty. Like Patty is the center of the universe for Patty. I don't know if you know this or not. I am. That's I am. true. And she's not and she's not a, not too proud to <laughs> mention that. But when you when you're going to list a property at 6803 East Palm Lane, you think, oh, my gosh, that's the center of the universe and all the buyers care about that. Well, the truth is that was on the edge of a 10-mile radius search for the buyer. So you never know how they're looking, where they're looking. So I would look 10 miles north, 10 miles east, 10 miles west, and 10 miles south for properties that are equal 
or better or better than. So if I'm the buyer, I would be willing to buy my subject property. I would also be willing to buy any property that's better than it in every way. So bigger than, better than, and better than in location is closer to town. So older and smellier but closer to town is better than. Uh, farther, newer, new car smell is worse than because the the property underneath it, the land is worth much less. Condition really isn't that big a thing because you can fix that, but you can't change the location. So condition is the biggie, the most important thing. And then you would fill in the differences and then you'd make the adjustments. Then I could boil it down to a market range. So for those of you tuning in at home, I would want you to uh, do this. Draw a horizontal arrow with an arrow on each end and, and write market range, okay? And by the way, if any of the stuff that we talk about on the Fearless Agent podcast makes sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you are open to the idea of having some help. If you would like ever like to learn more, you can call me anytime directly at 480-385-8810. That is my cell phone and I will answer it. And let's just see if you and what you're trying to do and what we do uh, at Fearless Agent, if it would be a good fit. If it is, you will get rich. And if it's not, we will admit that. And I will still help you in any way I ever can. So 480-385-8810. Now, Patty talks to these people after I do my complimentary coaching call. What do they always say, Patty? About how much they love you? Well, <laughs> aside from that. What do they say after they talk yeah, to you? They always have a good experience. There was no high-pressure selling Oh, absolutely on. not. And that's, that's what I tell them, too. You, you really do a true coaching call. It's not um, an hour of um, you trying to sell them. No, they're going to they're they're make more they, money as a result of that coaching call, they, even if I tell them yes. my coaching's not that's for you. That's what I would say. They come away with it with great tips, and, and they really feel good about it. Do you know what the number one reason is that probably two out of three, I tell them it's not a good fit? What would you think the reason is? Um, their former fairy students. <laughs> no, almost all of our almost all of our coaching students are. Usually, it's because they have crazy ideas that I know are going to hurt them, and they can't shake them. Okay. And the real estate yeah. industry fills people's heads with crazy Absolutely. ideas that I know are going to hurt them. Uh, but that's the normal. But if they're normal, now and not that weird is bad. Well, we are all, we're all a little weird. You know, we always say if you're you too are. weird for real estate, you're too weird. You know, but <laughs> uh, but if they but a normal agent that calls me on a coaching call, they're 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 saying my my top three challenges usually are how to get business, what to say when I get there, and time management. So that would make you normal. But some people have weird things, which are which are fine. You know, that's that wouldn't make it a bad fit. So. Uh, but I love talking to realtors. I don't want anybody to ever think they're bothering me. Don't email me. Don't text me because those are very bad habits in real estate. Always call me at 480-385-8810 and go to fearlessagentpodcast.com if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast. Go to fearlessagent.tv 
hit the subscribe button and then go to fearlessagent.com and watch all the videos. And uh, that would also help you. But always call me anytime you want. So back to the market range. So we've drawn our horizontal line while I was doing the shameless plug. Everybody did that. Arrow going to the right, arrow going to the left on each end, and then just write market range. On the left, you would write the result that you came up with after making the adjustments for the differences in the subject property and the sold comp. So sold comp is on the left, active comp is on the right. So here's another common fallacy. How many – we'll see how Patty does on this. Ugh. Quiz question on the air. Love these. There is no prize, only humiliation if yeah, you get and, it wrong. Uh, yeah. So, and she's gotten two wrong already. Yes. I am keeping track. He is keeping track, trust me. <laughs> I am keeping track. <laughs> and she's a little sweaty. I don't mind. It's a little, it's humid outside. It's raining. It's humid, yes. It never rains in Phoenix, but today it is. It's raining. Yep. So, um, what? Uh, now I forgot the question. Good. <laughs> I guess we're done. Now, we're done. I can't believe I forgot the question. Too much setup, and now there's no question. That's so the uh, uh, the number on the left sold, and the number on the right is active. So, oh, how many comps? This is the question. How many comps does the appraiser use? Do, oh, do, do, I would do, say three, do, but I think do, I, I think that's wrong. The answer is one. They only use. She's one. three for three. Well, they show three. But they only okay. use well, that one. Well, was kind of a trick question. It was a trick question. Yes. But that's what so, makes it fun for me. Well, it's not fun for me. When if you, you're humiliated, it's fun for me. I know you love it, don't you? Well, so do the, view, the, uh, the listeners. They love it when you're humiliated. You're gonna, <laughs> she's going to take her shots at me in the car on the way home. Yes, I will. So uh, she never misses the opportunity for that. <laughs> so the, the appraiser is going to use one, and then they're going to make adjustments up or down. So if the subject property is worse than the comp, you would subtract money. So if there's a difference of 100 square feet, that would be $3,500 difference subtracted if your comp is bigger than the subject property. So is, is my subject property worse than or better than? I subtract if it's worse than, I add if it's better than. So then we make the adjustments up or down based on the different values. Then we come up with this market range and the number on the left represents – everybody should write this down. This is the price uh, – the highest price at which you can prove value to the appraiser. Okay, The highest price at which you can prove value to the appraiser. Now, can you – can the appraiser be swayed up? So let's say we are at uh, 383 because it's never a round number. So after we make the adjustments, we come up with this non-round number. So it's 383,000. Could I sway the appraiser up? Well, they tend to fall off at those even numbers. So could I get him to 385? Of course. Could I get him to 390? Yes. Could I get him to 395? Probably not. So now if you're in a million-dollar price range, you might get him uh, in a $25,000 slot or something like that. But they tend to drop off on those round numbers. So, so maybe 383 is the, is the highest price at which I can prove value to the appraiser. Now at the other end of the arrow on the right, that is the price 
below which you must be in order to compete with the competition, with the other actives. So the active comp is on the right. After the adjustments, you come up with 372, okay? Now, real quick, if the number on the right is 372, 383 is on the left, where would you have to be priced, Patty? It's another pressure situation. Right in the middle? Patty. Well, what would be in the middle? 375. The answer is wrong That's again. Patty sucks on this one. Okay, <laughs> so, so you have to be He's priced. He's asking really tough questions. It here. is tough. You have to be priced below 372 to compete. Okay, even though the comps show a oh, higher course, price on the sense. sold comps, it doesn't matter. I can buy the same house for three seventy two. So I would be priced at three sixty nine. Three sixty nine. Now me, I would be priced at three forty nine nine because that's a big mental barrier, so I would be priced below that for sure. But you'd have to be priced below that. So let's say the reverse is true. Three seventy two is on the left and three eighty three is on the right. Now, in order to compete with what else is on the market, I have to be priced below 383, and I can only prove value at 372. Okay. So I could drag the appraiser up a bit, so I'd be priced at 375. I'd be guessing that fair market value. Okay. So again, this isn't so much about pricing strategy, is, is it is a guess of fair market value. Now, when you're guessing fair market value, you're allowed to be wrong. So here's, here's the good news. When you're a fearless agent coaching student, the seller always trusts you. So you go in, you do this intro that gets their head right and lets them know what's at stake. Then you do a little preview of coming attractions to make them feel comfortable with what's going to happen while you're in their house. Then you ask them four questions, but the first question could be 15 questions. But at the end of the four questions, they are saying to themselves, nobody will ever care more about us than Patty would. No agent will ever care more about us getting top dollar for our house than Patty will. We're doing business with Patty. Then she takes you on the tour of the house. Then you come back. She goes through the fearless agent listing presentation, which is just a competition crushing machine and an and a uh, objection crushing machine. Then she asked the close at the end. So she, she says, so in a nutshell, that's my philosophy of getting you absolute top dollar for your house so that you end up with tens of thousands of extra dollars more than your house is worth. Would you say that's definitely what you're looking for? They always say yes. She needs a yes then she because then she says, so if we can agree on a price – is it fair to say we're going to get the ball rolling tonight? And they always say yes. She goes, great, let's talk price. Then she does the pricing presentation. And at the very beginning of it, you say, you know, I've done what every agent does. You know, we do this thing called a CMA or a, or a current market analysis. The difference is I do it correctly. <laughs> and uh, near as I can figure, fair market value is somewhere in the neighborhood of, oh, I don't know, 375. But 
I have an idea. And this idea will absolutely guarantee you 1,000% that your house will sell for way, way more than it's worth. And it's a little odd, so I'm not sure I should tell you about it. But I guarantee you this, it will get you tens of thousands of extra dollars more than your house is even worth. So because it's a little unusual, I'm not sure I should tell you about it. Patty, do you want me to tell you I about do. it? I do. They're dying. Oh, make her beg. Make them beg. Yeah. And then you do the pricing presentation. And at the end of the pricing presentation, they're always begging you to underprice their house on day one. So the, the purpose of the CMA that you're not going to show them is so that you can come up with that number that you start with. Do you ever give them a range? Well, somewhere, you know, fair market value, somewhere in the neighborhood of, I don't know, somewhere between 350 and 375. No, no fearless agent would ever do that. That's insane because they only hear the high number. You hit them with the number and, and that number is a guess and you are allowed to be wrong. Okay. So, but they trust you, so you don't have to worry. So it's not like we're out there buying the listing, whoever gives them the highest number. So once they've said, yet at the end of the listing presentation, they say, yeah, Patty, we're doing business with you tonight. That's for sure. All those other half-trained chimpanzees that we talked to, you know, we would never use them. So uh, then you can be honest. And uh, if you're having problems in the pricing presentation with the client, that's because you screwed up in the four questions up front. The, the, if you're having problems at the nutshell close at the end of the listing presentation, that's because you screwed up in the beginning in the four questions. So all the problems trace back to in the four questions. That's where the magic happens in fearless agent listing presentation. Now, if you're having problems in the four questions – you can trace that problem back to on the phone when you book the appointment. You're probably sitting in front of somebody you shouldn't even be sitting in front of. Right. So you don't fix a prospecting problem with a great presentation and you don't fix a pricing problem with a great presentation either. It's, it's because they don't trust you. So, mm-hmm. Or they're not nice, sane, smart people with a ton of equity to pay you with, deadly serious about selling right now at fair market value. And that's the number one. And that's a prospecting problem. Yeah. So when uh, somebody is – when I'm coaching people and they say, yeah, I'm having problems with this guy. And there's oh, this guy said this and then the guy said this and then the guy said that. And I say, let me ask you a question. How many listing appointments do you schedule a week? Hmm. See how quiet it got right there? Yeah. And then they say, uh, one. I go, well, if you were scheduling five a week – we wouldn't be talking about this guy yeah, at all, care. would we? Yeah. No. So that's the secret. So you won't care. So if you're having problems with that guy, get more guys. That's the that's the answer to that. So uh, did you have fun talking about pricing today? It was Pam? a blast. Nonstop <laughs> laugh riot talking about pricing. You know I do have to say that. Do you have a question? No, not a question really more than a statement, but you're – obviously this is – this works. Mm-hmm. You know, I when I started in the business, my whole presentation was the CMA. That and that didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work at all. And that was because it. the industry taught in. you to do it. That's that what way. they taught me to do. And I would walk in, and all I had with me was the CMA. And it was like I sat down at the table and we talked price. You know, I never did that, and the mm-hmm. reason why 
is on my very first listing presentation, I was panicking. I was three weeks in real estate. I was on floor time. A floor call comes in. And uh, this is uh, floor time is when the uh, broker is too cheap to hire a receptionist and it's like tag you're it, <laughs> exactly. right? So I'm, I'm answering the floor time call and the guy says, uh, yeah, I'd like to have you come out. And I said, uh, when, when could I come out? He goes, can you come out tomorrow? And I go, what do you know? My schedule is wide open mm-hmm. tomorrow. <laughs> so I am freaking out. So I literally cobbled together visuals for a listing presentation and wrote paragraphs and memorized them just because I knew I would be doing like serious flop sweat if I didn't do that. So I go out and give the listing presentation that I had memorized. And uh, for that reason, I never showed him a CMA. I just told him the number. So the reason people do CMAs and show them – I mean obviously you do the CMA so you're guessing at what fair market value would be. But the only reason they show them is because they don't have they a have listing presentation. Exactly. They, got, they got nothing That's else. It. So they do these elaborate graphs and stuff that the mm-hmm. MLS provider does for you. But it's always based on price per square foot and then you're wildly off. Absolutely. I would say uh, – Probably ninety percent of the time, you're wildly off, either high or low on the on the pricing. So um, anyway, yeah, absolutely. So if uh, once again we want to thank Patty and I, want to thank you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. Again, go to fearlessagent.tv, hit subscribe. Go to fearlessagentpodcast.com, hit subscribe. And if you would, as a favor to me, give us a five star rating on the podcast and until next week we always do three things when we're fearless agents number one we always have fun number two be humble when you have all these newfound skills you know stay humble but number three be fearless bye gang oh,